Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 193. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have with us the internationally acclaimed and celebrated comic creator of Dog Eaters, Malcolm Wong. Thank you very much, Malcolm. Barney. How are yes. you doing? Great. Good. You're, 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 we're, 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 we're talking straight from... You're, you're in Tokyo right now, correct? Right. Wow, okay. So we are... And what 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 time is it over there now? It's now eight twenty four in the morning. Okay, all right. So that's thirteen hours. So it's a thirteen hour difference then from where we are. And it's tomorrow from where you are. That's right. So you're talking to us from the future. Yes, time all travel. Right. That's pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> so how so everything's okay tomorrow at 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 eight thirty then? Here, anyways, it's okay. a little bit rainy, but uh, it's fine. And we, it was really great. We we connected through um, through through Hades, who is part of uh, ASAP Imagination, right? And you're 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 connected to that to connected to that group with your with your book that's called, as we said, Do- Dog Eaters. And yeah. I got to say, looking through this, and 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 I am fortunate enough to check out also the issue number one of Dog Eaters that that came out a couple of years ago, correct? Oh, more than that, because um, initially uh, this uh, story was a screenplay and it won three awards at the Screenwriting Expo 5 in L.A. We're talking 2008, 2006. Wow. Even. And wow. so one of the one of the uh, awards was like uh, adaptation of the screenplay into a comic, a six issue comic to be bound into a graphic novel, which turned into a 200 page uh, full color graphic novel. Wow. And um, so, you know, the other awards was best action adventure. And then I had a management award too, with a cursey management as well. And so the Dable brothers were very prominent in the early 2000s uh, for the adaptation of George R.R. Martin's uh, prequel to Game of Thrones called The Hedge Knight. Mm. And through that connection, I mean, they had tried to do their own original material and went through, you know, several uh, publishing iterations before they hit upon this. And then once they hit, they were doing like, at that time, all the hot uh, fantasy writers, um, you know, adaptations. And, you know, it sounds really great and all that kind of thing. And um, they had access to uh, artists. And so I auditioned um, a few artists to see, you know, what they would come up with and uh, came up with Guillermo Angel, who is uh, a Chilean, uh, born in La Serena and uh, working out of Santiago, which is further south. Okay. Chile, which is South America, of course. And um, he did 10 pages of pencils and um, I've been, you know, th- at that time, there's no social media. So it's all message boards. Um, right. And uh, I was getting a little bit concerned because there were people writing saying that creators were not being paid. Artists were not being paid. And so I told them, invoice them. 
and see what happens. Right. Uh, so he invoiced uh, for 10 pages of pencils. You know, it's pencils, um, inks, colors, you know, and then you got to do lettering, right? So this right. is the very first step of, you know, after the script has been adapted, of course, of the artwork. And um, nothing, you know, again, invoice again, you know, I follow up, uh, my manager follows up, uh, nothing. So I took on the production. So that's why I'm the uh, writer, creator, producer for this particular uh, story. Right. So talk to us a bit about talk to us a bit about Dog Eater. So what's the what's the concept? What's the what's the storyline for it? Well, mankind failed to transcend the petroleum age. 175 years after the die-off. The Black Dog Clan is making its way down the trade route between the casino cities of the American Southwest to establish their own city on the Gulf. And so 175 years after the die-off, there's been this you know, tremendous chaos, upheaval, uh, the whole, the, our way of life, Western civilization and cultures, except for the casino cities. <laughs> Stay. <laughs> but um it's you know 175 years it's quite a long time actually when you think about it you know we're right. talking like um you know it'd be like the 1800s right if we went back so we're talking about that distance in time and so basically they're coming out of the wild wild west again and um they, but they're it's still the remnants of uh this kind of uh you know the roaches who are are basically the uh the villains the the bandits the criminals they're from you know maximum security stock basically bred from maximum security stock the the uh prisons of course very uh nice walls very fortified and safe places if you're inside it, you know you just have to worry about the people inside you know but um they uh they interbreed to become these kind of uh creatures as you see Humanoid, okay. but, uh, a little bit more violent, and right. And so, and who do we follow through in the in, in through the storyline with the main character that that the, the main audience is introduced to? The one uh, on the uh, lower left panel there is uh, a character called Bevan, who is uh, ambushed in the on the first first couple pages of issue one, and the Black Dog Clan comes across this ambush as it's happening and um they rescue him hmm. and where did you so where did your inspiration come from for the storyline well um i started writing the screenplay um at the time uh, you know it was uh, lindsay lohan and paris hilton and you know just starting you know starting this is all early 2000 so anticipating what's happening now which is like 10 times is more like, I mean, you can kind of see the end. They're, they're, uh, China's like making moves around Taiwan right now, right. You, like yesterday. So, I mean, you got Ukraine, you've got all this stuff happening. Um, and so just basically the, the mindset of Americans at the time was really getting, this is before the Kardashians, everything is getting into this kind of weird, 
obsession, you know, replacing, you know, idols are called, you know, our idols are called idols for a reason. Um, and replacing, you know, religion, except for, you know, the, uh, the right to life people, which is very religious, of course. Um, but, you know, this kind of worship of, uh, and sort of this focus on really the wrong things in culture. And so just seeing, just seeing how that extrapolating into how that would turn out is where I just thought of this, I, you know, I mean, it's, it's also, you know, it's not that much different from Mad Max. Of course, at that time, Mad Max had been out of circulation for 20 years, almost. Right. And so, you know, and then you have uh, Fury Road that came out and I think they're making another one right now too. But I mean, it's the same, it's the same feeling as that the center's not holding on, on what's going on right now. There's just, you've got, um, you know, this economic uh, imbalance between the haves and the have nots. You've got climate, of course, which is always changing anyway. You know, that may not be a, a big change. Climate is always changing regardless, but it's changing fast, you know, because of what we're right. doing. And then uh, just the exploitation of resources in general and um, all these things just sort of adding up and snowballing. And, um, you know, we've got, uh, you know, starting in 2016, you know, this real dispolarization uh, among people. I mean, there was a article, well, it was, a, you know, one of the, um, I think it was Minnesota, not Minnesota, Illinois, or some uh, representative congresswoman was killed in yeah. a car accident and, um, right. um, you know, the news was on, I think, the New York Post or something. And then you see the comments. And before you know it, people are calling each other names and, um, you know, and worse, you know. Right. And you just see that no matter what you, you know, you can start it with an ordinary conversation. Before you know it, you're, you're trying to kill each other. And this is, the, um, you know, this is what happens. So we have the die off. Um, it's not specified what it is, although it is alluded to in uh, in some conversation like I think uh, Tommy who is the brother yeah is uh, uh, because Bevan is actually his mission is he's going south he's from the north and he's going south to find the lost technology of the Western civilization and uh, to bring back you know to bring the bring the world back and then he's saying, you think those guys are smart? You know, it's like he, they want to tame Tommy because he's, he's just into being, um, you know, in the wild, wild west. And, you know, civilization so great, that's what, you know, has destroyed this world is exactly that technology. So we do allude to that, and but we don't right. the specifics. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because you, you do bring up the point of saying, comparing it to Mad Max. But there is a fantasy element to the story as well, isn't there? There's a bit of a fantasy and there's also a bit of a family uh, element as well uh, mm. because it's a clan and there's family dynamics as you know, between uh, the, the patriarch, the father, uh, the matriarch, the mother and right. the entitled children. Mm. Yes. So there's some, there's, there's also some sense of, as you say, like family drama involved in it, almost to the sense of a, the, the Machiavellian politics of stuff. Is that, that's insinuated in that as well then? 
Uh, well, I mean, it, not as complicated as Machiavelli, of course. <laughs> it's just a family dynamic. It's like um, right. who who has, uh, you know, the, the patriarch has, the father has, he's the, he's the chief, he's the leader. So, but he, he has, you know, he does some questionable things mm. and um, he alienates uh, his daughter. Um, and so, you know, it, it's, and meanwhile, they're on attack from being attacked from the outside. So it's kind of like um, that kind of internal external conflicts going on at the same time. Right. So let me ask you this. I'm, I'm very curious about it. Does that, how did this story, what was the, the, the seed of it? Was it based off of, as you kind of were talking about earlier, you, you basically had a thought that you wanted to explore of like some, uh, like a futurism. I mean, yeah. I mean, thought. um, and everything breaks down. And then when everything breaks down, there's so many weapons on a spectrum from edged weapons all the way up to nuclear war. And there's tons of them. We've got weapons like, you know, tons. So all it takes is a couple people and then you've got the die off. And that's where, right. that's where I started. So that's, that's the nucleus. That's the seed. It's a warning uh, in a way, but it's also a story, you know? Right. So do you have, so in a way, do you, you kind of follow the, the, the hero's journey as well through the, through, your, through the main character? Um, I mean, hero's journey, it's a, it's a formula that has been, uh, that is very necessary to understand and to know as well as other story, uh, you know, of course, the original Aristotle, beginning, middle, and end, that's a story. And then people break it up into like, uh, uh, save the cat, 15 beats, yeah. and then within each scene, beats. So, I mean, you can really scientifically break it down to, uh, you know, what I got to do, you know, she, he's got to... Um, uh, deny the uh, call to action, the call to adventure, yeah. you know, this, all this kind of stuff. I'm a reluctant, whatever, but yeah. you can see a lot of times in, uh, when you watch something or, you know, watch a movie or whatever that, Hey, this is following exactly the formula for hero's journey. These are the mm. beats. Oh yeah. I recognize these. And yet the thing doesn't work. It's boring mm. you know it's like predictable it's it's like unnatural it's unauthentic right. doesn't work so i mean you can have all these things so basically what you want to do as a as a writer is you have you got to know it and then once you know it it's kind of like uh anything sports yeah i know i gotta throw my pass i know i've got to throw my jab right. I know I've got to, you know, square up and hit my three point shot and blah, blah, blah. But then you got to do it and it gets got to be unconscious. So once you've, once you've assimilated and absorbed and it's become part of your thinking process, then you can create it. So, right. and then, it, then afterwards you can go look at it and go, hmm, uh, maybe you got to move this a little bit this way or that way or change, you know, this is, it's got to happen. Something got to happen here. It feels a little bit uh, slushy, feels a little bit soft, a little bit dead. 
you got to do something. So that's in the, that's where it goes in the rewriting is where it's where really the work goes in, you know. Okay. I got an idea, you know, and a lot of people say, you know, your pitch and your log line, that's the most important thing, but you still got to execute it. Right. So how, how different is, uh, the, it's a six issue series. Now it's into a, a, a graphic novel mm-hmm. is, is there a continuation or is this a standalone? It's still only six issues. Is there, are you looking at issue seven now or. Um, I have a, um, an idea for, and I started it actually, uh, but because of the experience of dog years, <laughs> which was grueling, I mean, look, it's 2022. This thing started right. in like, we, we started doing it. The award is like late 2006. So 2007, we're, you know, getting the piece together. 2008, we really start. Right. And um, basically it, it took, it took a while, you know, it's like, um, a lot of times people would say, I'm going to, you know, if you do, if you contract like with a publisher, like, um, Antarctic press, which, um, actually doggy just has come out under like five different imprints. This is like the fifth or sixth one, you know, as you know, including digital, uh, you know, Antarctic press, uh, they put out all six issues, um, uh, Antarctic. Yeah press and then you know looking at their contract it's like uh if you fail to come out you know this is if you're doing it at you know you're trying to make deadlines like every month or every two months or whatever it is and it's like if you if you fail to do that you know you're penalized of course you know if you don't come up with your 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 goods so it's like um this was already done so it's like boom i don't have to worry about uh, time, you know, being under stress, that kind of, you know, that's, that kind of stress is killer, man. That right. people to die really. Yeah. And so, so th- these came out and do you have, uh, so just talk to us a bit about that. Originally it was a screenplay. How much, how different is the graphic novel compared to the original screenplay that you, uh, won the, the award? Screenplay is much deeper. Yeah. Okay. So there's, um, there's more uh, plot lines, mm. uh, mostly uh, relationship related. So there's there's stuff going on because it's you know a family uh, situation. Each one has their own. Uh, there's the, um, Lamont, black dog. There's Rebecca, black dog. There's Tracy, and there's Tommy, and it's a four four member family. Um, the Survival rate for children is low, of course, because of medical uh, limitations. So there's only a family of four. You might, if she might have had nine kids, who knows, right? Mm-hmm. Still looks good, though. <laughs> and, and so, how much? So, was it that, that that conscious decision of you to feel like you had to cut things out and to make it a six oh, issue series? Of, it's not going to fit. Right. It's not going to fit. Yeah. And the, the limitation was six issues and okay, that's how we did it. So, um, uh, six issues and then a graphic novel. still a very full story, you know? Right. So why, why was it supposed to fit within a six issue series? That was just because of the contract that's, you had? For that? That's what, um, those were the conditions. And so oh, okay. somehow it just, right. we just kept it that way. And we wrote, we had the adaptation, 
which was done quite quickly actually by uh, Sean J. Jordan, who was a employee at the time. I'm not sure he got paid either, but um, he was very helpful. Um, he, I had never done a, um, a comic script before. And so he did, um, he did an adaptation I, and I went in and edited it like crazy, but you know, he, he put it together, he, you know, he, the format and all that kind of thing. Now you can, um, there are templates for that. Um, I just did a, um, a script for um, the former senior artist for uh, Rockstar Games, you know, okay. Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. And um, I had won a, um, yeah, a lot of my screenplays have won awards and everything. Nothing uh, produced, but won awards. Huh. So one of the awards was, um, uh, I have, you know, right on final uh, draft, but uh, Movie Magic. Um, uh, screenwriter and that has a um a template for uh, what is that one they have three templates and one of them is four it's expressly for uh dark horse okay so um and i i just wrote it uh oh hey here's a template and so i wrote it um i just finished it last week actually um oh wow he uh even bliss is the uh, former senior artist for rockstar games and Grand Theft Auto, he did the artwork for that, um, what the characters are based on. And this project is like an NFT kind of project. So um, he's got like all these characters, got hundreds of characters actually in many wow. iterations. He's a great artist. Um, you can check that out at uh, Fear City. It's called fearcity.io. And um, okay. yeah, he's um, really good. I think he's getting he's getting another artist to do it, but um, you know I just finished that and it's like it was like oh with when you have these this template it's pretty easy to write a script. So how different is it to write a script for a screenplay as compared to a comic strip? Comic the movie has to be much more well, especially in this case uh, when I'm writing for somebody else who has this database of characters and. Uh, character biographies. Um, there's not, you don't need to put as much detail into it. Like uh, a movie, uh, especially a spec uh, screenplay for, for uh, TV or movies, you know, interior night, you know, um, he's sitting in the bathroom right. on the toilet, you know, everything. Right. You know, he looks up, he's, you know, this kind of thing. A bullet comes by, you know, all this stuff. Whereas it com the comic can be much more, uh, not as detailed. Right. And the artist will do pencils and then you'll, you know, you'll feedback on that. So, so talk to us a bit, as you say, it's like you get the artist uh, for, for dog eaters mm -hmm. and you kind of decided to say, I'm just going to go alone on this. I'm not getting, no one's getting paid. So I'm just going to become the, become the kind of the project manager for this. Producer. Paying producer for this. Yeah. Yes. How did, how did that role change for you in the sense of your responsibilities? Well, you, you just got to pay the artist. I, I have experience with production anyways. Um, okay. Uh, independent film, uh, 
I did uh, directed music videos. I produced music videos. So I, you know, it's just a matter of getting the pieces, making sure that everybody has a. Uh, you're communicating. Um, you're paying. And, and you mentioned this was you did this back in 2008. If started, you started in, started it and to started it in 2008. From what you know now in 2022, as of, as of this recording, is there anything you would have done differently than what you did when you started in 2008? I think it came out pretty well. There, of course, you know when you look at projects, you look back at projects. There's always something you can do better. So right. that, and then you try to take that to the next project. There's always something. You're never satisfied. What advice would you give a comic creator today that you wished somebody told you when you first started doing this project back in 2008? It has it all has to do with money hmm. for sure. Make sure you got, you're going to fund it. Um, if you, if you don't have enough funding to finish it, you know, you're hoping to finish it. I mean, it might, it's all, you know, it's all part of the journey. So even if you don't finish it, um, you know, it's part of the journey. So you have to, um, you have to look at it that way. Um, success, failure, whatever. It's, um, it's all part of your experience. So, you know, learn as much as possible uh, while you're doing something. Um, try to stay in the moment. Try to uh, maintain momentum. Mm. Um, don't be too hasty. Don't be too impatient. It's, you know, this is going to be a lasting document of whatever your efforts. So um, make it something that you're not too embarrassed about, if possible. Even if it is embarrassing, um, try to learn from it. Uh, you know, you have to think about what is life anyways. It's like, uh, do you get to the end and... Um, you know, whatever, it's, you know, if you, if you think that it's a, just a YOLO situation and, you know, then maybe your motivations and your intentions are totally different than just like feeling like I got to learn as much as I can in this lifetime and whatever goes, uh, passes, you know, after death, which, um, always happens to the other guy, you know, we never <laughs> die. It's always the other guy. <laughs> You know, once you, you know, what do you take? Uh, you know, you obviously, you know, you're not going to take specific experiences, but there will be a certain momentum of spirit, maybe. You know, if you think that way, then you know that's what that's what you do. If you just think you're going to die and you're dead, well, whatever, you know. So, how important is it to find? A good artist for for your oh, for your work. It's absolutely imperative that you have a good <laughs> artist. Although you can have a great story, and like manga shows that um, as long as you can propel a story through, um, you know, some of it's just a few lines. You know, black and white, just mm. a few lines. Very, very effective um, in terms of um, story. And I mean, it doesn't have to be Michelangelo every every panel. You know, it really is about the story. It's all, it's always about narrative anyways, no matter what field you're in, um, from, you know, business, politics, uh, obviously 
anything to do with story, like entertainment, anything, um, even um, narratives within narratives and overall narratives, you know, like a, a musician, oh, he came from, his parents were addicts and he learned how to do beats on the street and now he's, you know, better yeah. than, you know, the other guy. So these narratives are really important. And so regardless of how it's rendered, you have to have the story. Right. And so what about that finding an editor for your script? How important is an editor? I edited, I edited it myself. So, um, you know, depend all depends on where you are as a writer. Some right. writers, um, do need outside editors and all you always get, you know, you'll be getting feedback if you're working in, um, you know, a collaborative environment, people are giving you feedback. Um, right. With the, this last one uh, with Fear City, I was just working with Steven. So, you know, he, we're bouncing ideas. He has, a, he has a basic idea for a story. I wrote it and uh, he came back with a couple of tweaks and that was it, you know, so it can be as, you know, one, you know, like a, an advisor, an analyst you can use just to get your story right. Yeah. And I guess you would call that editing or revising or rewriting, you know. Right. So the, those are the, I mean, it all depends on how, how, how good a writer you are, really. Right. And, and so um, is there, have you been approached also for any, as you, we kind of mentioned earlier about any more stories that happen in the dog eater world? Is, is there any, uh, has been an approach to you say, hey, can, can we talk about what happens in other parts of the world during this? Or do you well, have any other ideas? Or like a Nobody has, uh, you know, put together uh, a proposal saying, we'd like you to do this and here's the money. So, um, you know, it's only gone so far. So, you know, I'm right. working on um, other story ideas. Uh, the story that I really want to do that I feel that is really right for these times. Obviously dog eaters is, right for 175 years after the die-off. Yeah. But um, this story here, I think, would be really appropriate for what's happening now. It's called, um, it's also a, a first place winner in screen, and it's gotten like nine finalists or something like that. It's called Sacred Profanity. Mm. And it's um, in a dystopian near future in a balkanized America where everything is, you know, it's states, can be states, can be regions like Southeast, Southwest, you know. A journalist investigating the assassination of a charismatic spiritual teacher must elude the death squads of both the UN peacekeepers and the divine faith, which is the dominant organized religion, to find and reveal the truth and witness the resurrection. So yeah, with sacred profanity, you can get it at storypros.com and this is the one that you did. Yeah, it's a, uh, um, that, and Lance Lucero, who is also a member of the anyone world has, um, adapted this, I scripted it. Okay. Uh, on my screenplay. So yeah, there's this right here. And, uh, I would like to see, you know, when you go, when you do something from a, a screenplay that goes to a graphic novel, it's like storyboard in a way, very much right. so. I mean, you can 
visualize it. Reading has become kind of a, a neglected art, I would say, a neglected tool, a neglected necessity. For people, it's very, everybody's very visual. It's got to be moving. It's got, you know, it, even, um, you know, Instagram is like photos. Oh, too boring. It's got to be real, you know, <laughs> the kind of thing. It's like, I can't imagine what it is unless it's right in front of me moving on a screen, you know. It's not real right. unless that happens. So when you take it to the next level, it's like, okay, from words to pictures, um, and then, oh, going from panel to panel, I can see the what's happening in between the panels you know right so yeah. that makes it a more you know, this i would really love to do as a live action movie what advice would you give somebody who is wanting to adapt a screenplay into a comic format well like i said you know beginning middle and end so depending on how how long your series is going to be you can divide it up into that and just start outline it Another thing that, you know, is a structure thing. Structure is very important in that um, there are <laughs> rules, so to speak. And um, what the main rule, like I said, Aristotle, beginning, middle, and end. If you don't have a beginning, middle, and end, you don't have a story. So you first you, you break it up like that, and then you, you find the things that you want to keep that are important, the main elements, and you just – Fill it in. Yeah. So you say, for instance, somebody wants to learn how to write a comic script, or say somebody that wants to learn how to write a screenplay. Uh, you know, one way to practicing would be say take a screenplay that exists from a movie from the 1920s that you can access, and take that screenplay and adapt it to a comic book script um, to learn how to write comic scripts. Or would you recommend? not doing that at all like how would no, you teach someone how to write you know definitely writing you got to write so right. whatever you know whatever you do and however way you do it write. Mm. um and then you build these muscles putting sentences together uh putting scenes together putting acts together you right. got to write so however whatever um avenue you take right you know right that's you can't do it by just wishing you know right. there are no shortcuts you gotta do it <laughs> i mean really and there's so, lots of books there's lots of books so um read you know and what would be your advice for people that want to learn more about writing scripts would they would you recommend maybe uh, take a class in it or watch videos, join a group, like an online all group things, to do all of those things, all of those things. You need to have a passion for it. You need to have an mm -hmm. interest in it. You need to be self-motivated. Um, otherwise there's so many people that competition right. is amazing in a bad way. There's right. so many, when I first started, it was like, Oh, I, you know, these scripts that I look back at now were like, they're, not great and they're winning five no seriously and then um you know pre-subprime we're talking like before 2007 2008 all this yeah. money coming in fake money you know yeah. but it still counts apparently and you know it just became very attractive uh to try to be a, a writer a hollywood writer um 
you know, oh, it looks easy. It's, you know, it's, I watch movies. I can do it, you know, that kind of thing. So but really, uh, there's a lot of great writing, you know, and Mm -hmm. not a lot of, you know, and only a certain amount gets, you know, chosen. There's only a certain amount, even though you have all this cable and you have all this streaming and, and, you know, all this self-publishing, all this kind of stuff. Now it's even harder to break through the clutter because there's so much of it. And it's all the same with music, same with movies. Um, You have an iPhone, you can make a movie, you know? So the tools are all there. It's just a matter of, um, and I think that it's a lot about marketing and promotion. So social media has taken on a a huge uh, impact in what people look at, what what is available. it's uh, it's amazing that we see so many bad things, and you know also the nepotism, the uh, uh, the connections and the nepotism in um, in the entertainment world. Uh, there are so many you know second generation, third generation actors, uh, writers, uh, directors. They have opportunities that a normal person will never have. I mean, you've, it's generational. So it's legacy. Um, it's like being, uh, it's like being, um, in the, uh, nobility in, uh, feudal times, you know, if you're going to be the king, you know, you got to kill the king or be his brother and kill him, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's super tough. And so uh, that's why you can't really, I mean, when, you know, somebody that, uh, you know, let's look at the, uh, what's that actress's name that's in uh, Euphoria or something, something Sweeney or something like that. You know, she talks about this. Um, she, uh, her parents took her to Hollywood when she was 13 or something. She struggled, she struggled. And, and um, because she's got great chest, you know, and she shows it, you know, she's, she's, uh, well-known famous. uh, And, um, but she talks about that. It's like the connections that so many people in in entertainment have now, it's so amazing. And you have these, you know, it's just like nobility. You have them marrying each other. You know, you have two beautiful people marrying each other and producing another beautiful person. What? And right. growing up in the environment of what, you know, and you're coming in from, you know, North Overshoe, Vermont, yeah. Yeah. you don't have a chance, you know, you end up in the gutter, you know, yeah, yeah. homeless, uh, whatever, you know, so, I mean, not easy. So getting back to, you know, advice is like, you just got to push through complete projects um, and it's a journey. So if you focus on the, a goal being like, I want to be famous and I want to make a lot of money, it's probably not going to happen. Mm. But mean, like you said, doing it for, if you're passionate about it, follow your passion. Yeah. I mean, that's all you can do really. And try to yeah. make a living somehow. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably what you got to do first. 
So you mentioned earlier, you kind of mentioned Save the Cat. You mentioned some of these other things like uh, Aristotle. If, if, if uh, you know, we have a lot of writers that, that listen and watch the program. What, if you got to pick, you know, like three books that they ha- you have to read well, or three places. Three books, Barney. Well, the, the, the three, but like, what would you, what would be your first recommendation to say, I want to learn how to write what would be an instructional the, the the first place you would rec you would recommend people I to think, go um, to? Save the cat is kind of like the Bible right now, or it was right. a few years back. There's uh, he's dead actually. The guy he died. Oh wow! But, um, there's also Robert McKee. I mean, that is very technical, and I don't think you know you don't you don't want to start there. That is like ridiculous. It's like <laughs> Greek or something. And then you have a lot of other. Screenwriting, you know, formatting, you don't have to worry about formatting anymore. It all comes in software. Um, there's stuff online. Uh, there's coaches online, tons of analysts, coaches, whatever. So if you have something, you can pay 100 bucks, 200 bucks, 300 bucks, send it, get feedback on it. Um, it's like taking a course in a way it's one-to-one um there's so many ways you just have you just have to have it if you have an interest in it you'll find a way so um yeah and then there's time i mean just look up go to amazon and screenwriting books pick three and read them um there's also books on acting and directing which are helpful as well uh you know it's like he was sad that's not a that's not a um a direction you know you don't use adjectives to direct you know you use verbs mm. you know so all these kind of little things that are very helpful um you know show don't tell but you know right. but sometimes you got to tell you know there's all these things um whatever is appropriate to the story so right. it's a very deep and wide uh art writing I would say that it's you know it you know it's time and space right. It's four dimensional. Mm. Like if you're doing painting, it's two dimensional. Or you know if it's got impasto, it's three dimensional. Or sculpture, you know these are music also too. Evolves over time, right? So this is something that is. I mean, but with music even it's like there's only a certain amount of notes there's only a certain amount of chords in a way i mean yeah but writing is like you can do so much with it and that's the excitement of it and challenge and difficulty you know of writing is there any genre that genre of writing that you uh want to explore more as a writer? Well, I'm, I'm kind of interested in um, social issues, dynamic of what happens when oil and water, mm. you know, you've got this, you've got this dynamic where right now where people just don't hear what other people are saying, or they don't acknowledge it. Uh, they, or uh, even some of their heroes, whatever, as soon as you, they say something, the thing is, is that you can learn something about every situation and not be so hostile, you know? And so that's the problem we have now. And that's the kind of things that I'm, I'm 
I'm uh, building. I'm building something right now to, um, and I want to put it into a story form. So right. things like that. Cool. Yeah. Wow. But so, so you have to keep interest. So it's got to have some. Yeah. Uh, it's got to have some drama to it. It's got to have some. You know. You want people to turn the page. Which yeah. it will. It will have drama, of course. You know, it's yeah. the, the very nature of the, uh, of the issues and the uh, themes. So, yeah. Well, good. So. So, so Malcolm, if people want to learn more about your work, where would be the best place they could go to? Well, the graphic novel is a good place to start because I talk um, in detail about the process that okay. it took to create uh, and to produce and to get it out there in the forward and also the afterward. I, I talk about the process and, you know, sort of the realities of how this thing came to be made. And um, from that, um, you know, that kind of informs what, you know, the realities of what, what it is. Okay. All yeah, right. I, would, I would start there. All right. And if people want to see any of, your, any of your other writings or anything, is there a place that they could go to? Um, well, I'm not sure when um, Thumper is what it's called is coming out, but it's um, – that's the Fear City by Stephen Bliss, uh, his uh, universe. It's, okay. it's kind of like um, it's kind of like Joker, uh, Sin City uh, combination, um, mask even. Mm. Cool. Uh, it's uh, it is, the artwork is terrifying. You know, yeah. very dark. Um, yeah. It's just one issue. I don't know. I he's planning a six issue series. I'm not sure how involved I'll be in the in the next set. Um, he was right. initially planning to write it himself, but um, because of NFT is an interesting situation because they have they're like stockholders in a way in the property, and yeah. um, so they're like, hey, when's it coming out? What's going on? You know, they're very impatient. All I know is this thing, crypto. <laughs> Well, cool. So, listen, Malcolm. I gotta, Malcolm. I gotta say, this has been a great conversation, and I really look forward to checking out more of the dog eaters. Check it out, man. Check it out. Yeah. Um, if you're, uh, you know, if you're interested in the future of the world, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect, Malcolm. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome, and thank you.